This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sleepy start to March. I uh, kind of wanted to put my head down on the table there at the media section and, and take a little nap, but Illinois came out that way after all the talk, Derek Piper, of, hey, it's March, it's time to put it all together. This wasn't unexpected because I wasn't all that into this game coming in. I don't think a lot of Illini fans were pumped for this game, but Illinois has to have a different kind of mentality. And uh, it was just a tough game to watch, I think, for Illinois. 60-55 to defeat Penn State. I'm Jeremy Warner. He's Derek Piper. Uh, what do you make of that, Derek? All this talk yesterday of, hey, we're coming out focused. We're coming out with a lot of energy. And Brad Underwood said during shoot-around, didn't have a lot of energy in this. So if you have this kind of performance in the postseason, you'll be going home early again. I think that's the concern. Though I do have to say it's the Big Ten. Penn State deserves credit. They've been giving uh, tougher teams uh, a lot of tough games, including Wisconsin. Wisconsin beat them by, what, two? Uh, 51 to 49, similar small possession game, low possession game. Uh, but Illinois finds a way to eke it out, especially with the defensive end in the second half. But not a very encouraging performance tonight. Not an inspiring one after a very good showing in Ann Arbor. And I think you were hoping that you would build on that, further your momentum, take care of business, and this would be a fairly sweat-free victory down the stretch, at least. Respect to Penn State. They've given some teams some challenges, even going to Madison and only losing by three. They played well in their home building. And I do want to I can start off by saying, you know, they defended Kofi really well. They had a great game plan. They bet on Illinois making enough shots around him and certain guys, DeMonte Williams, Coleman Hawkins, guys they really sagged off of, and we'll talk more about that. But I do think that Illinois' approach and just Brad admitting that they were flat and uh, not having even a good lead up to this game kind of contradicts a little bit of what they're saying. Hey, it's March, it's urgency, we're talking about Final Four, and then you, you don't really show up for this game. I, I know it was kind of a hard game to get up for because it's in the middle of the, the Big Ten grind. Wisconsin wins at home, so there's kind of the, okay, we understand it's unlikely, still possible, but unlikely that uh, the Big Ten title is still on the line and Iowa's coming up next. So after a lot of marquee matchups to kind of have this one slotted in there, now, you flirted with taking a quad three loss that really would have knocked you. That's one of those that knocks you a seed line that takes you to the five seed, and this could this kind of performance in a 5-12 game gets you beat usually. So uh, I understand why we can talk more. Just this team is a little untrustworthy, honestly. I think that's yeah, one just, thing that fans are frustrated with. Yeah, I get some anxiety of fans, and I think a lot of it has to do with the last two years, not being able yeah. to make the NCAA tournament or play in the NCAA tournament two years ago due to the pandemic, and then last year the early exit. So fairly or unfairly, this team has a lot of pressure on it because it is a very good team, and we've seen against Arizona and Purdue that they can play with some of the best teams uh, in the country. And against Wisconsin, the Big Ten champion, you crushed them at home, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Michigan State, another top half Big Ten team. Michigan, you played extremely well. So you see these signs, but you just don't see the consistency. I don't know if the Big Ten lends <laughs> to consistency, 
But the team you have coming playing uh, on Sunday, Iowa is really starting to do what Illinois did a little bit last year, which is going into March with all this uh, momentum, feeling great about itself, shooting up uh, the seed rankings. Well, Illinois is just kind of holding firm, holding steady. They haven't taken off. And uh, that's okay. I mean, Illinois is still on the four seed line. They're still one of the best teams in the country right now. But, yeah, it just feels like they just haven't found that consistent gear where it's like, yep, that's definitely a team that's going to make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, which I think is a measure of success for this team. Yeah, and you said it right there. If this team doesn't get upset in the second round last year and they go on the run that they probably should have went on, we're, we're probably not having the same kind of angst. You would say, you know, it's Penn State. This team, when the lights are brightest, will get up and play their best basketball. But throughout the year, it wasn't a one-off where – this was the only game where they kind of didn't really have it or didn't really fight when things got hairy in the second half. That's kind of been a trend for this team, whether it be Northwestern on Super Bowl Sunday or not getting up at Rutgers. There have been some of those signs that are still discouraging where on the flip side you have the upside to play with in Arizona and you didn't have Curbelo in that game or to you know battle Purdue in the overtime or, or beat Michigan on the road. Those are the where you've seen what this team ultimately can be. And I think the way they played offensively at Michigan, they could have they could have scored with anybody, like Gonzaga, anybody in that tournament. Um, so that's where you don't want to sacrifice what this team can be versus kind of having these letdowns, these lulls, or still those scoring droughts. Uh, and just like the lack of energy, I think that that is something that that's controllable. That's that's where some leadership needs to kick in. You got to be able to just, you know, be able to rev up the motor. It's another thing to if you're not making shots or whatnot. So I understand why it is tied to, to last year, and, and it is something they're going to have to prove on out. Uh, it's, it's an interesting balance, though. You, you don't want to peak too early, and you don't want to put everything into not the ultimate goal, which I think that they're focused on the right things, but it is some of those building the, the habits and the tendencies that carry over once you get there. And I think the other side of this, which fans probably don't feel right now, is you can't get too frustrated with an ugly win. I mean, you found a way to win. Uh, you, I wanted to mention 22 to nine. You got out rebounded in the second half, and, and my guy Casey Bogusaw, who's usually a baseball guy, sent the stat out that Illinois went without a defensive rebound for 10 minutes. Now there was three turnovers in there. There was some unlucky bounces, but Illinois just couldn't grab the ball a part of the time, and, and then just putting bodies on people. So that that's bothersome, right? And that, that allowed Penn State to kind of stick in the game. Fortunately, they missed some open shots. Not a great shooting team. Uh, but uh, so they came back down to earth in the second half. But you have found a way to win these games when Kofi Coburn's on the court. They don't have a bad loss when Kofi Coburn is on the court. It's pretty amazing. Your bad losses this year are Marquette. Uh, well, Cincinnati, I guess, is, is one, but that was the first game he was back. But during Big Ten play, you're talking about all those close, kind of ugly wins. Even Nebraska wasn't a very good win. Um, you know, Northwestern, obviously, both those games weren't very pretty wins. But when you've had them on the court, the teams you've lost to are Ohio State at Rutgers, which was like the hottest team in the country at the time, at Purdue, right? So, like, and Purdue here at home. So it's, it's interesting. I, I don't know what the correlation is. Maybe it's just Kofi Coburn gets you 11 and six, even on a not great night that you don't get otherwise. But I, I think you can still feel like, hey, we still won the game. That's what Brad Underwood said after the game. We can find a way to win ugly. We can also find a way to win pretty like we did in Michigan on Sunday. So if you want to be optimistic, still found a way to win an ugly game, which first round of the NCAA tournament in 2005, a certain Illinois team did the same thing. Yeah, and that's kind of the Big Ten. I mean, you can point back to great Illinois teams who have played 
a one-off close game with Northwestern, but ultimately found a way to win. And even last year, for all the trust that that team had built up going into March, now ultimately it faltered in, in terms of them getting bounced. But you know, they had to go into overtime at Nebraska, and Io had to hit one from almost the logo against Northwestern here in this building. So you have those type of games and those types of moments. And yes, securing a top three seed in the Big Ten tournament is a, is a nice feather in your cap. And uh, the fact that you're still on that four seed line with a chance to climb back into the you know a three seed uh, would be really a good opportunity to try to avoid that one seed even as early as a Sweet 16. Uh, so yeah, I think that you can nitpick it certain ways and try to you could be concerned if you wanted to be. You could be encouraged that uh, they just found a way to get it done. And uh, I mean, let's let's be honest, Iowa. Being Iowa, being you know, super senior night here in Champaign, they're, they're Illinois is going to be up for that game. I'd be shocked if they weren't. It, I mean, we can talk about we will at the end, just, you know, how Iowa is playing. But yeah, I mean, they found a way to get it done. But there are some concerns too. I don't want to brush those off. It's kind of that interesting yeah. balance. It's just not a great team. Like it's not just, and I don't know if there is in the Big Ten. Wisconsin finds a way to win ugly game after game after game, and their fans are fine with it because they got a Big Ten championship, and they're you know obviously vastly. Uh, superior to what they thought they would be in, in the preseason. So uh, just an interesting thing that Illinois is going through where this, this hasn't been the prettiest. I'll pose this question. To, I mean, I think the Iowa performance would be, you know, if you if you win handily or convincingly, that would be a, a great trend going into March. But it's funny how if Illinois goes on some crazy run and wins the Big Ten tournament, you might say, oh, no, we used all our gas just like last year. But then you're, if you don't win it, then yeah. you're saying, we haven't peaked yet. We haven't hit our strides. It's the, the weird things. Weird at problems. the end of the day, <laughs> Illinois is 14 and five in the Big Ten right now, and because of a fortunate year for Wisconsin, I mean, I don't want to take away anything from them, but a fortunate year for them in close games, you're probably not going to win a Big Ten title, barring Nebraska having a huge upset again and and uh, being able to beat Iowa on Sunday. So, I. They're still 14 and five. They're still finding a way to put together a really, really good resume. And if you can put uh, together another win Sunday, that's one of their best wins of the year if they can beat Iowa. We'll get into that game here in a little bit. I do want to credit Micah Shrewsbury, um, who's been impressive in his first year. Like Penn State is not really a good team at seven and 12, but Jalen Pickett, former Illini target Jalen Pickett, was a really tough matchup. And I think Penn State is a tough matchup, even though they're not a good team because they have big guards. They got a four who can shoot, and Seth Lundy, Greg Lee made a three or two tonight. Um, so they had some of those guys. John Harar, John Hara uh, can battle with Kofi a little bit. Um, so I do think they can pose some tough matchups for Illinois. But I thought Shrewsbury did a fantastic job defensively, just daring uh, DeMonte Williams and Coleman Hawkins to shoot. Coleman took him up on it and <laughs> didn't shoot very well. Some hesitation with some of his shots. DeMonte had a lot of hesitation early. But eventually, comes up big, 14 points, 4 of 10 from 3. Not the prettiest night from him, 4 of 11 from the floor. But he leads the team in scoring for the first time in his career with 14 points uh, and a season-high four threes. You don't really want to – I think Penn State will live with 11 DeMonte Williams field goal attempts. But uh, they did a great job of – Kofi Coburn had seven attempts. Alfonso Plummer only had five attempts tonight. Trent Frazier, only six attempts. He got hot at one point in the second half, but they really held those guys in check. How were they able to do that, Derek? And, and is another team going to be able to do that? It does provide a blueprint for other teams to try to mimic that. And I think that 
Hera being able to front the post was one dynamic of it in terms of one thing Illinois has done well of here recently is get that middle post up where it's not on one side to where the help can get there easily. Now, the problem was because whether it was DeMonte at the four, Coleman at the four, even when Luke Goody was out there a little bit, those guys are cheating into the paint. And Penn State, kind of in terms of their roster construction, has some some long athletic wings and guys that at the 3-4 spot that can recover at least well enough or or they were just daring DeMonte to shoot. We saw that a bunch, but uh, they were getting in there with Kofi and just providing a, a, a wall from not being able to throw that entry pass. So was it through the first half entirely or most of the first half Kofi only had one field goal attempt? Yeah, I think it was through about the first 12 minutes. He was one of three in the first half. Yeah. and. Uh, I think part of that was Penn State, but part of it was Illinois to get him the ball. Like somehow you got to get him the ball, even if Derek. I think that's a guard attacking the rim, yeah. missing a shot, get Kofi a putback. That was his first field goal uh, in the second half. Was Grandison attacking the rim, missed the shot, but it allowed Kofi uh, to get an offensive rebound and putback to get going. Right, and, and Brad mentioned that the offense didn't execute when they saw that kind of action. That the guys in Demonte and Coleman hesitated at times, and the ball kind of stuck. And, but it was maybe one of the first times we've seen this year that we've talked a lot about pick your poison. That narrative's been out there a lot about Illinois' offense with their three-point shooting surrounding Kofi. They were able to pick to blitz Kofi, but also stay on Plummer and stay on Frazier. So that was a good game plan that was executed well. Can other teams do that to where they can stick on Illinois shooters, but leave a couple of guys that Look, DeMonte had made, I mean, I think he's 10 for 33 now, and that's with four for 10 tonight, 10 for 33 since the start of February from three. Coleman's only made two threes since in his last 11 games. So it's not, and we, we've talked a little bit about this, you know, in recent weeks, it's not four got to guard him weapons around Kofi anymore. So the choice is, I wouldn't say easy, but it's it's a clear one to make if you can execute it right, and Penn State did execute it tonight. Yeah, and I think that's that's the key part is Penn State planned it well, blitz Kofi, but make sure you're not helping off of Frazier and Plummer, but the players got to execute, and I thought they executed it very well. And if another team can do that, yeah, it's a concern for Illinois, and I thought that's where you needed Andre Curbelo, and you didn't get Andre Curbelo uh, playing well tonight. A one of five from the four, three turnovers in just 16 minutes. Uh, just didn't think, like, he's kind of the X factor that can stop those things. And Penn State also took advantage of uh, Illinois' you know, lack of size at guard with all their post-ups with Jalen Pickett, who's just kind of dicing them up, posting them up. So I thought uh, Andre Curbelo's kind of the guy who can, you know, be a factor against that, but he just wasn't able to and to finish around the rim or create for teammates. Yeah, one for five from the field and, and took that off-balance shot right before halftime that I know that wasn't really the ideal play that you want. I don't know that he got to his spot in time based on the, where the clock was and had a, a bad stretch there in the second half where he was underneath the basket uh, and threw a, a fancy like kind of no-look pass right to Penn State, then fouled deep in the backcourt. And he was out of sorts. He wasn't anywhere close to what we saw you know at Michigan and that's the bellow roller coaster that you continue to ride with him and you're hoping it levels out and you're hoping that he he figures things out I just still with him when he goes through that I, I get that it's part of his DNA I'm sure that those that those critics out there for him just would like to see a, a change in approach you know when when some of those mistakes are him trying to do too much or saying that you know I got to get I got to make the play on this particular attempt. I'm not willing to play for the next play or not be too fancy. And the fact that he doesn't adjust sometimes is 
frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and he's got to let the game come to him a little bit more. Um, and, and and so you don't want to take away – like he, that's where it's so difficult with him. You don't want to take away his aggression, his, his playmaking, because it can be fascinating at times. But I thought what stood out about Michigan, Derek, is he didn't force things. He just kind of let it come to him. He, he ran a pick and roll, Kofi sealed, and he's like, oh, I got an open layup. I'm going to take an open layup. He wasn't literally forcing some of those shots, so that's what he has to find. Uh, Jacob Granson hit a big three late, also five rebounds tonight. Do you want to give credit to uh, Alfonso Plummer? It has to be a season high, six rebounds, uh, even though he didn't score much tonight, um, five points on one of five shooting. He did get some rebounds tonight. It was a big positive in the plus minus for whatever that is worth, but uh, Jacob Grandison, has a shoulder injury. It was a shoulder sprain. Left the game with a minute 30 left. But uh, Underwood just said sprain. So you're worried about collarbone, worried about you know separation, something like that. The early word, maybe something can change. But Brad Underwood said after the game, it's a, it's a sprain. Uh, but if he's not there for Iowa, or if he's not there for the Big Ten tournament, obviously he's a, he's a big loss because you're talking about helping off on people. Yeah. Jacob Grandison, you can't help off of him because two for four from three tonight, we know how good he is from three. Yeah, absolutely. A guy that is knocked down from the corner. Uh, he's able to get you some some clutch buckets, some rebounds. He's a, he can be an effort player when he's playing up to his capacity. He's one of those guys that's right place, right time type of guy to, to get an offensive rebound and uh, certainly a veteran that has a lot of trust. And Brad Underwood's talked about that all season. So if he does miss time, that certainly is going to hurt you. It would, uh, of course, you'd assume Coleman Hawkins slotting into the starting lineup of the four, slide DeMonte to the three. Uh, and it, with RJ already out, we don't know when RJ's coming back with boss man. I mean, it, it just hurts Illinois' depth, particularly when you, if you are com- going to compound Grandison being out and missing time in RJ, who's not back yet, but he wasn't, I know he's in shoot around today, so hopefully uh, that is a sign that he's not that far away. But not, not a good time to be shorthanded, obviously, when you're just that close from postseason play. Yeah, I mean, it's taking away your depth, right? Like that, that's, a, that's a big concern. And Luke Goody didn't really play well tonight, hasn't gotten consistent playing time. Uh, but uh, that Bellow could be big too. You might have to go small, which is a concern if you go against a team like Penn State. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Derek, let's talk a little bit about Iowa coming up. Uh, as we are recording this, Iowa is smoking uh, Michigan 67 to 54. This is midway through the second half. So that's going to be eight of nine, uh, uh, barring some ridiculous comeback from Michigan, who's, uh, as we saw, Michigan's a very talented team. But Keegan Murray is making a push. I know some people think Johnny Davis already won the Big Ten Player of the Year award, and I think he will win it. But I think Keegan Murray deserves 
all kinds of consideration given the run Iowa's having, given the consistency he's had far better than Johnny Davis or even Kofi Coburn, to be honest with you. So um, this is a tough matchup. They're starting to defend better, Derek. You said it, uh, fifth in conference play right now and in, in defensive efficiency, which is so unlike a Fran McCaffrey team. Uh, there are some matchups I like for Illinois in the post, especially against Robracha. I think Illinois' guards can uh, guard the heck out of Iowa's guards, but we know those Murray brothers can be really, really tough. They're good, man. They're good. They're athletic. And it was actually, I think, that I think Iowa did its best job in the paint when they took Robracha out and had yeah. Chris. Chris Murray on Kofi, and that was another situation when you think back to that game. They did a, a nice job of trying to force the ball out of Kofi's hands. They doubled him on every single touch, and that was another situation of him. Tonight was forcing Kofi not to catch the ball if they, if they could. I think in this situation, it'll be interesting to see how they approach it. Uh, being able to you know crash inside and make him kick it out. Obviously, Illinois does have shooters, but uh, their defense, for them to be number one in the Big Ten and, and turnovers forced during conference play, something to be said for that. And Illinois has flash times of turnover issues. Uh, and just uh, a Fran McCaffrey team being fifth in the league in defensive efficiency is not something we've seen here of late. So, uh, And I would... I mean, with with Keegan and, and where he's playing Iowa into and the fact that they're ranked and they're going to be a decent seat. I mean, this is a team that lost Garza and Wieskamp and Nunji and Frederick. I mean, lost a lot, and they're they're on a roll right now. So uh, that's a dangerous team, obviously, winning like that in Ann Arbor and coming in here with a lot of confidence and momentum. So uh, Illinois, I mean, it goes without saying, Illinois have to be a lot better, a lot more ant for that game than they were today. But matchup-wise, I think that, Kofi should be able to have a good game because of the matchup, especially against Rebracha. The guard play with, you know, I would take Trent Frazier and Alfonso Plummer over Bohannon and uh, some of those guys that they got in the backcourt. But, uh, yeah, Chris Keegan Murray at the four spots, a tough matchup. Going to need a good game out of Coleman Hawkins and, and Demonte Williams. But, uh, yeah, credit to Iowa for what they put together. Yeah, and for me, I mean, tonight, you gained a lot with this win, even though it was a little bit uglier, right? Like, you got the double bye. You got a top three finish in the Big Ten, which is a feather in your cap. It's good for recruiting, all of that. Uh, and you kind of stay on the four line, right? And you avoid a quad three loss more than anything. You got something to gain against Iowa. I think if you beat Iowa, you're not going below a four seed. That's another quad one win, one of your most impressive wins on your team sheet. Uh, two of those against Iowa would be pretty big. Uh, but also, I think if you want to get to the three line, which we think is really important getting to the NCAA tournament, if you want to get to the second weekend uh, and maybe even avoid just a really good six seed uh, in the second round, like this I think you need to get. You need to get this one and then probably another one, and then you might be – thinking you can play into a three seed at the Big Ten tournament. So I think there's a lot to play for. Plus, it's just the rivalry, right? Yeah. Illinois, I think, has won four straight against Iowa in this rivalry since really the first big game between those opponents uh, when uh, you know, Andres Felice was ripping the ball from Luka Garza. But this is a big rivalry game. I think the State Farm Center is going to be pumped up. And for both these teams, Derek, there, there's a lot to play for. Iowa trying to get to that four seed uh, and Illinois just trying to continue its kind of stretch of dominance here in the rivalry yeah and how memorable that illinois iowa game was here in the 2020 season and how much we look back on that and uh, to have a rematch of sorts we, there's some characters that are pretty important uh you know io being in the nba and, and lucas is he still with the pistons or g yeah, league and yeah. i'm not i'm not sure but uh, the, some of the characters are, are, have left the scene but you still have the same coaches you still have uh, the mccaffrey brothers and Bo connor Hannon. versus demonte yeah connor versus demonte and the fact 
Yeah, Trent in that mix, and the fact that it's Trent and DeMonte's last game in this building is a really big deal, and who knows with Kofi ultimately, who knows with a guy like Jacob Grandison, if he, if he will be available, but uh, to have two ranked teams, a lot on the table, uh, teams that are capable of going second weekend, I think Iowa's starting to prove that, and I've been thinking that for Illinois uh, for a while now, but I fully agree with you. I think that it would help to boost your your floor in terms of a seating, and I think you do need to get to at least Saturday, maybe even Sunday, to feel really good about a three seat. It depends on how some other things shake out, but a lot to play for. And I mean, you you just want to you want to go into Indy feeling like you're playing some pretty darn good basketball because that's just the, the 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 sand in the hourglass is starting to to come down. You, you gotta every game matters that much more, and you just want to. You want to be playing as well as you possibly can be when postseason play hits. Yeah, so you got Trent, DeMonte, Alfonso Plummer, oh, yeah. who's had one of the yeah. best uh, you know, transfer seasons we've ever seen from an Illinois player. will be interesting to see if he gets all Big Ten, uh, which we vote for here on Sunday. Uh, he'll be in the mix uh, when considering him. Uh, but I, from what we hear, Jacob Grandison is going to go through the ceremony, just kind of like some of the other guys for football have done. He could come back for another year. But, I mean, I wouldn't blame the guy if we get to talk to him. Uh, I think we will on Saturday. We'll ask him, do you, do you plan on coming back or not? I think the guy's 23 years old. I think he's probably going to want to move on with his life. That's a heck of a senior class, right? I mean, we know what Trent and DeMonte have meant to this program. And if Illinois wanted to be make some news, Josh Whitman, you could do this. We're going to put – if you finish your career top five in scoring all time, we're putting your jersey in the rafters. Uh. If you want to make some kind of uh, new rule to get Trent up, that could be it, and you can announce it here on Senior Night. How about that? But Alfonso Plummer, Jacob Grandison, two transfers that have made a huge impact. Alfonso Plummer, where would this team be without him this year? Uh, and then Jacob Grandison, the last two years, has, has been a catalyst for them as well. So just a phenomenal senior class. Uh, and we'll see if Kofi is involved in that or not. That's a discussion for another day, though. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that we brought this up before, talking about you lose Alan Griffin and you have Jacob Grandison be able to – to come in and take over a similar type of role, a shot maker, a rebounder. Uh, in, in terms of like not making as many mistakes, he's more trustworthy, and that's been a nice added bonus. And just have a veteran guy that's, like you said, 23, probably turning, I think he's turned 24 here pretty soon. And if, if he did want to move on, and earlier in the year, I'm not saying that this has been taken away from him, I think he's got a chance to play professionally somewhere I mean he, he's talented enough for sure uh, but he's given you a lot in terms of just a steady and impact uh, a guy that can make shots and uh, and that's that's been very very valuable to help both these guys really get to where Brad wanted to be which was an older team an older veteran team guys that had been through some wars and then you know that's what's usually wins in the Big Ten and then Alfonso Plummer to be as prolific a three-point shooter as there is in college basketball I said we were talking about on the radio is it as lethal as shooter, you know, in terms of when he's on the heater, as uh, as it gets in Illinois history. And, and Lon, remember, I reminded me that I didn't mention Corey Bradford, and uh, I saw Corey sitting down there. I don't know if he was looking for me, but uh, yeah, I mean, Plummer just to be JCL in that, in that mix. Yeah. No, he had one good year. For, you're right. <laughs> just for Plummer to be in that conversation, uh, it says a lot. And yeah, he, he's. I mean, in December, his numbers were ridiculous, and even just here of late, I mean first halves that he's had those are type of eruptions and I none of us would be surprised if he advanced you around because of just 
some kind of crazy shooting display. I expect it at some point. I expect him to hit five three-pointers in one game and be the difference. And maybe it's Sunday against Iowa. Maybe it's against Purdue in the Big Ten tournament semifinals. If they get that far, uh, he's got that capability. So uh, I know you kind of look ahead. People are looking ahead to, oh, we can get this guy that's top 40 prospect or, or we can get this player. Like You're already looking ahead to the offseason, how Illinois does this. I get it, but these guys, despite – a flaw here, flaw there have meant so much to this program that um, it's going to be a cool night just to see them honor. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Illinois finds a way to win an ugly one, 60-55 to against Penn State, mostly with their defense as Penn State went almost six minutes without a bucket uh, towards the end of the game. Uh, but Illinois finds a way to win. They're now 21-8, and 14-5 and in the Big Ten. Illinois now 43-16 and in the Big Ten the last three years. I think it is it stat 28 and 6 in their last 34 games against Big Ten opponents? It's pretty just like when you see these numbers, Derek, it's just, I get it. It's not the prettiest win, but the amount of winning they've done yeah. in the Big Ten is insane. You won't trade that. You won't, you won't trade that type of success rate. And if you're able to couple it with banners, a, <laughs> banners, a satisfying run of, of success there in, in the NCAA tournament, then. This will be one of those eras of Illinois basketball that I'm not saying is going to stop after this right. year, but uh, will really be looked back on and, and held in high regard, which it deserves to be based on, I mean, that run through a Big Ten that's a really, really good league, obviously. Yeah. All right, for Derek Piper, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, if you want to check us out there, give us a follow. We put all the videos up there. Cut up some of the clips as well. You can follow us there. Uh, helps us out. And check out Alana Inquirer for the latest on this basketball win. All the player grades. Derek will have his takeaways. And I'll follow up piece on DeMonte Williams uh, talking about kind of getting disrespected or dorked, as Brad Underwood likes to say. We'll have that coming up. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.